What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. Welcome back, folks. Season 3, Episode 12. Wrapping up our third season here. I'm alongside my co-host, Drew Luster, per usual. I'm Curtis Quinn. How we doing this week, Drew? We're doing just fine. It's uh, it's an unusual Wednesday night. I don't know. Typically, we did we started out Tuesday, Wednesdays. Then we started doing Monday, Tuesday schedule. We're back on a, a hump day cadence this week uh, to cut up the middle of the week. We got some good stuff coming at you, so I'm excited. Uh, not much to be to be too thrilled for in the month of January, really. Um, it's a dark, gloomy month, at least where where I am, Kurt. But I can start us off and give you some some things to look forward to tomorrow in particular, Thursday, yeah. January 14th. Not a big fan of, of what's on the slate for tomorrow, to be honest with you. National Dress Up Your Pet Day. I I see if you have a uh, like a smaller dog and it's cold out and you want to throw like a sweater or a jacket on them for a nice long walk. But the <laughs> folks who dress them up in like tutus and Halloween costumes and all the rest, you got to feel for the dog because the dog almost always looks like miserable. Like, just get this shit off of me. It's a dog. It's not a baby. Yeah. So I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, nor will I condone or support it, but I'm just, I have to do my due diligence and let the people know what the national days are and be non-biased. Uh, second, again, not a huge pastrami guy. I'll, I'll preface it with that. National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. I don't really peg you as much of a pastrami guy either, unless you've magically evolved into one down south. But I will uh, say I I enjoy a pastrami sandwich if it's on the menu sometimes. Okay, well tomorrow maybe the day to to go tackle one, and you know, as the as the pod boys say, strap on the old feed bag and, and get to work. So yeah, that would be uh, that would be the case tomorrow. A couple couple oddballs coming at you, but. Uh, you know, whatever strikes your fancy, whatever suits your fancy, I guess. So, absolutely. Well, let's dive on in then to our love hates of the week. I'll start us off here. Uh, I know you were mulling over your love this week, pretty loveless, pretty loveless from you. But <laughs> I'm gonna go with I love my UGG blanket. I recently got an UGG blanket shipped to me in the mail from over Christmas, and this is going on about. I would say I've been. I'm trying to think of the time frame. Been in Florida about a, almost a year and a half, coming up on a year and a half, and I have never had a like a blanket from my couch, which is you may think you don't get cold in Florida, but the past weekend it was about 45 degrees. We were out golfing, wow. and when I came home, you, you kind of just want to just crawl under the blanket, and I didn't have a a couch blanket. I just had my bed blanket to use. Gotcha. So now that I have an additional one, and I have to tell you the how comfortable like Ugg moccasins and all that variety are mm -hmm. the the blanket is just as good oh my gosh so i got something for you on that front my i think it was my grandmother or my aunt or someone in my family for christmas got me a, a similar type of blanket i think it was a kate spade branded blanket similar okay fuzzy soft blanket i thought nothing really else of it until i opened it up and realize the damn thing is it's a king size blanket for a king size bed. Oh wow. The thing 
is freaking enormous. It could cover three of me. It's it's a love-hate, some would say. I don't want to jump ahead, but it's almost a love-hate because the worst thing in the world is when either you can't cover your toes and your yeah. feet stick out the bottom of the blanket yep. or your shoulders or hands or you just feel like you just need another inch or two. This one, trust me, there's no – you got it all. And sometimes it's almost too much. So, yeah, king-size Kate Spade blanket. It's fuzzy as hell, and it's absolutely massive. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll hand it off to you over for your love, and then we'll get back into the hate. Yeah, so mine's an interesting one. It's sort of uh, almost foreshadowing what I, I presume we'll end up talking about later on in the show is Peloton. Um, first off, the stock that I, I purchased Peloton stock, I want to say – couple weeks ago just kind of screwing around i had a couple bucks laying around and since then it has been we had a tough first week we we kind of battled um around just a, you know a neutral return a couple of cents maybe a buck and then today i think you know last time i checked we were up ten dollars so pretty awesome to see that and on the other kind of side of the coin my parents actually got one and it'll be coming here in March. So I think that might be my new thing. I might end up being one of those people who just grinds it. Like, you know, stop over in the morning, wake up early, get like the full body jumpsuit, the aerodynamic helmet, and just rip a couple miles before work every day. You'll, I hear they're addicting. You'll become that, that gif that you send in the group whenever the stock is doing well. Oh, my God. Of it's the, amazing. Yeah, like the spin class and the ladies yelling at you. That's going to oh, be you in the like living room. They're leaning. They're going up. Yeah, it's like one of those intense spin classes. So, yeah, Peloton's my level of the week. I'm excited to check it out. It's obviously all the hype of, um, you know, with the holidays, 2020 to 2021. I think it's um, I'll not say, only is the stock spiking, but I think just the general popularity. So I'm definitely excited to try it out for myself. I will say I should have saw that one coming uh, because – all the guys on the PGA tour, I would, I want to say during like the original quarantine back in March got the Pelotons and they absolutely loved it. Really? Yeah. I so I, I have to look at some of those videos, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to try it out. So we'll see. Yeah. Getting high off your own supply. Some would say. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Let's, uh, we'll dive into the hates here. And I, I would, my hate of the week this week going to be, not just taking out the trash, but depending on what type of trash it is, uh, taking out the trash. Mm-hmm. When you get like the trash bags, or I'm, I'm thinking back to like my work days almost at The Rock, uh, yeah. where you know people are dumping mixed drinks, water bottles, Cokes, uh, maybe chewing tobacco, you know, all types of liquids in these industrial sized bins. And, yeah. and then you have to take the the trash out and maybe there's a little rip in the bottom or oh, you know maybe it, maybe there's a little condes- condensation in the bag and you have to go you know throw that in the trash or whatever i can also couple this into a lot more about i think the trash barrel in and of itself uh like it seems as though at like places like the beach and then you know, mass public places, how like disgusting those trash bells are and like what's inside of them, the smells and the gunk on the inside of the the can. That doesn't, does that happen with like your home trash? Because it doesn't with mine. Maybe it's the bags I'm buying where it keeps it all locked in. 
But well, sure, it's a much smaller scale too. Like when you think about it, yeah. I think of beach trash bags. There's diapers, rotten food, booze, pretty much everything under the sun being thrown into those, and it's baking in ninety degree heat for like days on end. Yeah, you're right. I think ours are first off much smaller scale, usually temperature controlled, away, yeah. temperature controlled. Um, like the smell, I have like the smelly bags even. Um, so it's a little bit different. And I, I got to add on to your first point too. There's nothing worse for me if I'm taking out the trash. Like this happened every single time at the seventh wave. Like when I worked down in Rockport, take out the trash and think about all the stuff that's being thrown away in a kitchen all day on like a busy Saturday. Oh, July. Man. When you're taking it out and it's the summer, so I'm wearing Maybe shorts. some raw chicken, some raw fish. Oh, everything the... under the sun that's raw. Yeah. And you go to swim into the dumpster. And yep. the liquid sort of runs up your leg, like in onto oh. your like, shoulder sometimes. And oh. you kind of swing it up over your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it runs, if you're carrying like a couple big bags of trash at the end of the night, yeah. it runs down your leg into your sock, like into oh, your shoe, the liquid. I, I, I could not not mention it because it is like branded into my brain. That's, it, it's that's nightmare fuel. That's oh, yeah. stuff you have nightmares about right there. Truly. Truly. Let's hear yours. Let's hear yours for this week. I mean, it's going to be pretty anticlimactic. I'll be completely on, honest and frank with you. I had some chicken for dinner. Okay. A little bit, little bit snappy. Have you ever had a piece of snap? Like you bite into it and it just, it's a little bit tough and like has a little snap to it. Rubbery. You could, you could use that adjective. You could you could okay. label it as that. I've never heard it referred to as snap. I don't know. I, I don't know why I do, but like, it's just every once in a blue moon where I, because I'm a big chicken guy. Mm-hmm. Every once in a blue moon where I get a piece like that and it just just rubs just sends shivers down my spine. And just rubs me the wrong way. So I got to go with that. It's it's pretty anticlimactic, obviously, considering what we had been speaking of prior. But I'm sure there's people out there who can relate. Yeah, no, I I get that. Piece of, piece of chicken. Yeah, it's like when you get a bad a bad slice of steak even at any any steakhouse. Not that you'd get any bad slices at the Outback. I knew you were gonna say that, and I I would agree. But yeah, I can get that. I I I can see that. Ha- it has Brutal. happened to me before. And Brutal. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Right. All that often. Well. Let's get over to the stock life because I know a lot has transpired in your portfolio and I think quite a bit has transpired in the last week for mine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got? What do you what do you want to put out there? We've we've talked Peloton a little here. Yeah, I mean, I'll just leave it I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet for you, Kurt. I think from the last time that we talked and maybe we didn't talk publicly about stocks last week, but in about a week's time, I'm up almost 13% in my all-time, which is just under 600 bucks. So um, just an absolutely massive week for me. Um, Neo with an with just an absolutely huge Sunday to Monday. Obviously, Penn has continued to climb. Um, JetBlue even going up a couple bucks. They haven't breached $14 in as long as I've had them, and they're up over 15 today. And then, of course, Peloton, my last one. Um, yeah, not, in terms of my portfolio, not a ton has changed, but we've shuffled we've shuffled around a little bit of funding. And uh, I got to say, since last week, it's been a hell of a ride. We've been 
clearly in the green every single day. And I, I like I said to you earlier, Kurt, I texted you. I am now 60-some-odd bucks away from my first four-bagger all time, and I can't wait. I, I, I'm jonesing for it. So I, I'm, I'm chomping out the bit to get there, and hopefully – we can finish this week strong because it's looking like I'm going to get there soon. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, just to reiterate your good week, I was up 11.82% on the past week, which amounts to now overall 75.3% portfolio wow. earnings, which is fantastic. And uh, we're, we're fluctuating back and forth. I think my I stated a while ago my goal – uh, when it was building up was, you know, to get to 10K earnings on the year. Uh, we've well surpassed that, and we're coming up on 13 now. We've pushed over a couple of times, uh, but we're just under now. We're at 12,956. Uh, so it's been great, and we just hope we continue to ride it. I think the couple of stocks that have carried me, as you mentioned, Neo, uh, DraftKings has done pretty well over the last week i think they're up about five six dollars yep and then lemonade let me tell you about lemonade it's just been an absolute monster in the past week it's up 42 percent seriously in the I'm past, checking them out right now. in the past month it's been up 79 and in the past three months it's been up 173 percent which is just Holy crazy shit. my my investment i am up 85 percent uh from when I bought in and I actually bought in lower in a separate account, uh, in my Roth for under $90. So we're up yeah. over a hundred percent on that one. I got to ask. So I'm looking at my portfolio right now. And to me, I'm up all time as of this second, 21.1%. Okay. Now it, in the simplest terms, what do you say what's the biggest factor or benefit in you getting up over 70%. I mean, 70% to me seems borderline impossible. And I know you've been in the game for longer and you have more skin in the game, but I'm curious, is there one stock that like pushed you over the edge to a point where you're like, holy shit, like just carried you or like, I would, I would say it was obviously Moderna early. Mm -hmm. Um, that was like, I ended up getting, you know, over 100% on that one. But I look at some of my other stocks right now. I'll tell you that I've still held. Square is up 63% uh, since I bought in. DraftKings is up 34 So that's actually, even though it's one of my big winners, it's not that much. Same thing with Neo, 40%, but still a big winner. Lemonade, like we said, 85 uh, Snapchat, 9%. And that's about it. Everything else is pretty new. Yep. So I've been in since July, so I'm working on month seven here. I would say you're working on month maybe four-ish. Yep, about so that. I would expect, you know, next three months, maybe if your investments pan out, getting up near like that 50% barrier. I mean, that would be incredible. It looks like Neo has been absolutely massive. Peloton is taking off. A very slow start very rocky start but we held yeah we held steady we were patient uh good words of advice from you and it's ended up paying off so we'll see i know you mentioned getting into the the devil's lettuce market i did also purchase today five shares of i believe it's called afria 
Um, I took a look just at a bunch of the the ones out there under the cannabis category, and I figured I'd buy a couple since I get some change in the old buying power. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, boy, I mean, fifty percent would be. I mean, that would be like incredible. So yeah, it's luck of the draw, and exactly. I've gotten lucky on quite a few of them. But it it is patience because if you have a winner. And if that winner takes off, you're going to be looking at those returns that are greater than 100%, and that's going to drive up your overall ratio. Because uh, I've had some losers. Like I sold off Alibaba probably for, uh, I don't know, four, 3%, 4% loss. Yep. Uh, I've sold quite a few off for losses. But my new ETFs that I got in the, the portfolio, like you mentioned, this one's going to be one of my favorites, I think, just because the amount of GIFs I can send that – insinuate what it is and it's mj it's the cannabis etf (laughs) fund the largest one but like brian my buddy brian sent me just the gif of mj duncan from the foul line today oh my god (laughs) because it was having a great day and that is going to be you know the best part of riding this wave yeah i mean i'm looking last day week month three months boy oh boy boy oh boy things look good yeah, and, I love that. And then we got you the gotta other... do the. Sorry, I was gonna say, if they just continue to climb, I think you gotta start. Anytime anyone asks, I think you just gotta do the the last dance gif of the guy. Yeah, like, just putting his hands up, like you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely! It's so good. It's so good. And then my other ETF that I just got into is Print P R N T. It is a 3D printing ETF. Uh, so. I know I've communicated to you and to the stock group. I'm mm-hmm. high on 3D printing in the future, whether that's this year or years down the road. I think it's just a long-term hold for me. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. That's smart. And I think if anyone out there is looking to jump in and get their feet wet, that may be a good place to start. So good advice. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up the stock talk for this week. And yep. let's head on into... NFL, we got a little PGA Tour we can talk about as well. Uh, I don't have any other topics, but do you have any? I know the Celtics just got going. Bruins are about to get going here. Yeah, I mean, Celtics, I think that's tonight What is now going to be three games in a row canceled because of the Coco, which is unfortunate. A um, little bit different than the NFL, obviously. Less contact in the NFL, larger rosters, less games in a given week. Yep. So it'll be very interesting to see how the NBA responds after this shit show of the week they've had in terms of like scheduling. Um, not sure. I know I, I mentioned this last week. I'm not sure if it's a matter of just hopping into a bubble for even a month or two till things sort of slow down because it seems like things are kind of going off the rails for them. We'll see what happens there. Uh, on the bright side, Bruins start tomorrow, I believe, in New Jersey against the Devils. So that'll be super exciting, obviously. Unfortunate end to the year last year where they got um, pretty much emasculated by Tampa. So excited to see them back uh, back live again. And then, yep. yeah, NFL football, I think, is the big one. Wildcard weekend, hell of a weekend. And I personally love the idea of having three games on each day in comparison to two. It makes a world of difference to have a one, four, and eight each day. I I was in heaven. Yeah, yeah. It was it was nice. Uh, I got a little golfing uh, and then kind of just hung out for the rest of the day on the couch. 
sounds like a pretty good day to me. Um, couple games here that I'd want to mention. So we can kind of go down the list. We'll start with sort of the – we can kind of go by the schedule. So Colts-Bills, I think we both – did we both pick the Bills? I, I assume we did. We did. I I just want to get it in line here. Uh, the first game on Saturday is Green Bay and the Los Angeles Rams. Correct? Why am I not seeing that game anywhere? I got it. Oh, no, I'm talking about last week. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I was reviewing last week's games. Gotcha. Apologies. We can do that if you'd like. We can we can do a we can do a sneak peek. Let's do a sneak peek into next week. Uh well no we we can talk through the games here. We'll talk through our record. I think we both ended up three and three or four. And I three. think the Browns one pushed me even to you. Yeah. Um. I think we were three and three. Yeah. So Bills beat the Colts, which was expected. Colts put up a hell of a fight, and boy did Philip Rivers look good. He was slinging that thing till the end. Um, just didn't work out. <laughs> really feels like it never does for him. But we all know how that story ends. It, exactly as it as it does. Um, we can kind of do a high level review here. Rams Seahawks. Boy oh boy! I mean, I feel like from when we were talking about Russell Wilson being MVP, like the Seahawks as a team have just crashed and burned. Russell Wilson didn't look good. I'm not sure if it's an injury to close out the year, but. I got to get your thoughts on that game. I know the Rams and Seahawks were two teams that we we had talked about a lot over the last month or so. Yeah, I think the latter end of the year for Russell Wilson was awful. It was terrible, miserable. Like may like you said, maybe hinting at an underlying injury or something, but it's still not an excuse. I can't. No. It wasn't disclosed. It wasn't thrown out there. So I just have to be honest and say. The second half of Russell Wilson's season was comparable to a middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback. Yeah, and if you want to talk about injuries, I mean, the Rams had to start an insurance agent for the first quarter until he got decapitated, and then they had to play Jared Goff, who had hand surgery two weeks ago, and they still patch it together because their defense and run game just seem to be clicking as they have since, you know, probably week eight or nine where we said boy oh boy do the Rams start to look good you called them out as one of your favorites and they look like they're going to get there if Goff can can get back to 100 percent and they their defense can play consistently good football they're going to be a force to be reckoned with I agree I agree uh we we talked a little Colts Buffalo there wasn't really another storyline Bucks Washington interesting game I'll say it a lot closer than a lot of people thought yep uh what's it is it taylor heineke Heineke? Heineke, yeah taylor heineke won himself a backup job for probably the rest of his career i mean he he can if if that like at the very least he's gonna know that for the for the next five to seven years at least he'll be getting paid pretty handsomely with a hat and and clipboard on the sidelines and um you know he kept him in the game so good for him played his butt balls butt ass off whatever you want to call it but again, Tampa just too much. I know they had a couple drops, but um, I think we figured that eventually the football team would run out of gas when you're playing a team of that stature. So yeah, and let's I because it seems like Tom Brady struggles more versus backup esque type quarterbacks, right? But 
then I dug into the stats a little. Tom was 22 for 40, 381 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Heineke, who, you know, was lauded over the telecast, which he should have been because he's a backup quarterback, as we said. 20, yep. 26 for 44, 306, and one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he also had 46 rushing yards as well with a touchdown. Yep. So it's as much as he played out of his mind, Brady just silently put up 381, two touchdowns, and got the deal done. Exactly. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And it's exactly like you say. I mean, rightfully so for him to be lauded over for four quarters just because of the fact that he's a backup quarterback who shouldn't even been in that game, you know? Yeah. Um, like good, good stats, but yeah. in a playoff scenario, I don't know if those stats are winning, winning you a game, two touchdowns, yeah, one being rushing, one throwing, and then an in. Yeah. Especially against an offense like that, you're going to, I mean, 23 points. He, you, you're going to beat the Ravens. You're going to beat the Titans. You're going to beat the bears, even the saints. Um, Seahawks even when you look at what they did last week. So middle of the road, but again, based on the offense that he played against, not going to get it done. Um, you look at two interesting offenses next in the Ravens and Titans. That game was a lot closer than, than it really looked like it came down to the wire. I think, uh, you saw Tannehill throw a pretty bad pick to sort of seal the deal, but really close game. And I think similar to what we had predicted, um, not crazy high scoring, both run games trying to excel, you know, both fairly tough defenses. And uh, I think we said between, you know, 10, seven points, and that's what it ended up being. So any thoughts on that one? No, not really. Uh, it, it was kind of like we called it. If one of the teams got down a score, it would kind of change the entire game. Yep. And that was your team too. You you had picked the Ravens, I believe I picked the Titans. So that was the one that we had kind of split on and yep. ended up falling in your favor. And then a one that we didn't really have to split on at all, Bears Saints. And that game was pretty much over before it started. That yeah. was the the game on Nickelodeon. My dad refused. I think he we watched uh, two plays in the first quarter and then he just flipped it off. He couldn't see. Stand I it. loved it. I I was a big fan, and people can you know say how bad the announcers were or whatever, but those announcers are designed for people who have no clue what football is uh, or children who are just starting to watch the game. And I thought they did a great job with the analogies. I thought the analogies were hilarious. And I get to listen to Tony Dungy uh, lament over, you know, Tom Brady or whoever else in the league every (laughs) other week. So I didn't really miss not hearing Tony Dungy or whoever was on the telecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That's fair. Definitely an interesting perspective. Saints are, again, a wagon. I think are going to challenge every team in the NFC for the Super Bowl when healthy. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play down the stretch. I know next week is huge for them. I believe they play Tampa, and boy, oh boy, is it hard to beat a time beat a team three times in one year. Hey, we got one more game. Let's not get into any but I'm predictions yet. In that one too. Well, Anyways, <laughs> I mean the last game, Browns. That's for last. That Steelers. was freaking insane. The worst start to a playoff game I think I've ever seen. It was worse than the the safety in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because definitely. it was it was you blinked and it was seven nothing already, and then you blinked. You blinked twenty one nothing. Hey, you I'm blink like, three more times yeah. and it's twenty eight nothing. I mean, the Steelers just looked legless, lifeless. They didn't want to be there. Watching Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just just run through people, carry people for first downs, carry people into the end zone. The Steelers look they look soft. They look like the frauds that they are that we had called them out to be a month a month ago. Two months ago, three months ago, when they were 11-0 and dancing on people's freaking logo. logo. Uh, hell of a game. I will say they fought back and they had a chance to get within one score, have complete yeah. control of the game. and they, had shifted. And they punted. Yeah, what was it, fourth and two? Yeah, fourth and two on about their own 40, like 647. It was on yeah. their own side of the field, but at that point you had just scored – uh, two straight touchdowns, I believe. And Browns were gas too. I'm the Bra- oh my god, the Browns defense was sucking wind. The Browns offense had just won three and out, I think three times in a three row. Three times in a row. So yep. you that's asking your like you punting there is also asking your defense to stay absolutely perfect again. Like which mm-hmm. they just did three possessions in a row. They'll like give them you gotta give your defense a break in, in some way too. Uh, so I just disagreed with the position of not going for it there and keeping the uh, the foot on their throat, as they'd say. Exactly. And I got to hear your thoughts on this. So for a, for the longest time, it was the Steelers, not mantra, but the type of vibe with Pittsburgh, with, with Le'Veon Bell and A.B., they were sort of, I guess, out when they left, they ended up being the scapegoats for a lot of the drama and the chatter and – in, in sort of the clown show that they ended up being a few years back. Yep. But now you have Juju, who I, I like the guy. I, I've liked him since he came into the league. He's a, He seems like a really good guy outside of the fact that he's kind of went off the rails this year with the taunting and the dancing. But how about him kind of creating a little, a little distraction for himself? And then Claypool, too. I think it was two days ago on, like, TikTok Live or Twitch or something – Basically saying, yeah, tough loss for us, but the Browns are going to get clapped next week. Keep the Browns' name out of your goddamn mouth. You guys just got the shit kicked out of you for four quarters. And you have the Gunads to talk about them like they're going to get the shit kicked out of them this week. And I think I, reflecting back on when I... Like, I, just shut your mouth, buddy. You well, lost. I when I picked the Steelers, too, I, in my mind I was saying, like, you know, the week 17 game, they played their backup, Mason Rudolph. But what I didn't, you know, put into my mind was Mason Rudolph might be very close to Big Ben, his capability right now, like current levels. Yeah. Yeah. I And I didn't think of that. And I think halfway through the game, I was like, I, I totally should have picked the Browns just based off of that. Like they, they won a hard-fought game in week 17, and it wasn't because, you know— the Steelers didn't play anybody or blah, blah, yeah. blah. It was, yeah, their their starting quarterback's just not that much better. I, I honestly, like, I didn't realize how bad. Like, was he that bad all year? I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of Pittsburgh games. He was atrocious. He, yeah. He, he put them behind the eight ball early, obviously. And, okay, a couple tip balls, some of them unlucky. Yep. You know, one that tips, I think it was over Juju or whoever's. Uh, hands into a DB, and then the one at the line. So a couple unlucky picks, but 
boy, oh boy, even just at the beginning of the game, if you wanted to talk about that, he looked atrocious. You call those those tips unlucky, but those also aren't, you know, balls that are going to the chest. Those are balls that people yeah. are reaching for or going up high for. So, yeah, there's still blame. Yeah. There's still blame to be had there. And I'd like to talk about Mike Tomlin a little here, too, <laughs> because, okay. I mean, I've wanted him fired since when he tried to trip a player during the live or did he actually make contact and trip I, the player did to trip Jacoby Jones I believe it was a kick okay. return or punt yeah. return or something so on the sidelines that alone is an impeachable offense some would say <laughs> uh so I would have thrown him out of the league at that point but his game management I I didn't understand the going for two uh, they were down three, three or four scores at the time, and the yeah. math, the math added up in the way that they could score. They had to get one two point conversion out of if they scored three times in a row yep. to then bring it to within either seven or eight points. And they decided to go for it on the first one, and I was like, I don't like that decision personally. Just based off, I think it's better to build that momentum. And then take it late and do the two point. Take the points and cross that bridge when you get there. That's my. That's what I would have done. Yes, but fine. You disagree with that? You go for it. You want to get it out of the way now and then kick field goals after? Fine. The problem is then on the second one, he kicks the field goal. So now you have it was a 13, 13 points combined there yep. instead of the fourteen that you need to keep pace, and then it, it screwed up the math entirely to where they would now have to score three more times because it was I believe it ended up being like 20 points so it was an yeah two touchdowns with two two point conversions yeah and a field goal would be 19 I think is what mm-hmm. they were looking for and all the math added up wrong to where you know they didn't get it down to that one seven or eight point lead which yeah. they can then score one time uh so he just did a a, a terrible job there and couple that along with the tripping like seven years ago. I'm out. I'm out on Mike Tomlin. I'm out. It's a no from me, dog. I'd be remiss if I didn't add, if we want to talk about coaches in the NFL and, you know, uh, Doug Peterson. And I, can I, I mean, I can't not like we, we ripped him. I, I personally ripped him three months ago on his play calling and his game management for just being absolutely embarrassingly putrid. Yep. And then for what he did in week 17, too, embarrassing. Yeah. And it just seemed like that. I, I know the ownership had said, oh, just to, you know, philo- philosophical differences. Like he wanted he wanted to still call plays or do this or do that. And it's like, all I got to say is good riddance. Start fresh. You got to get Carson Wentz out of there at this point. I, I think you do. He needs a new start. And who the hell knows? But good riddance. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah uh i also thought to myself during this weekend of football yeah i mean you, so first off you said redskins again i, don't I know did joking, oh my god it's ingrained for people listening, this no is now, i gotta go take three this is now our third take because you keep saying redskins <laughs> i thought you were trolling me saying no that. oh my goodness another thing that i saw while watching football this week or thought to myself was Imagine if the Giants played the Bucks uh, and not the Washington football team because the Washington football team was all around a lot better 
suited to play the Bucks, but also the Giants fans even wanting that game and just to get humiliated in the first round is kind of <laughs> crazy to me. And I do have to mention that the Chase Claypool and the Juju and all the taunting and stuff, is it Chase Young? Chase, uh, Chase Young, yeah, the DN for Washington. Okay, so he he lost this week as well, and then now Sammy Watkins of KC oh, taunted yeah, the Browns. Me. We'll get to that. Why do they? I Why don't. Do they keep doing it. I don't get it. It just it like you said, it's bulletin board material for the other team. Not that I think that really matters in an NFL locker room all that yeah. much. Although it seems to like then, I don't get the the post game reactions too of like trolling that one particular person who said something or stomping on the logos and all that yeah. it just it all seems quite childish to me like you just won a playoff game and advance into the divisional round i think that's a little bigger than trolling yeah. the exactly. you know trolling wide receiver or who, who had a yeah. mediocre game yeah i mean that's so a lot to unpack there i'll try to fly through it the Washington football team was without a doubt the best shooter for that playoff game out of the NFC East. People can argue that the Giants finished the year with a better defense, but at the end of the day, statistically speaking, Washington football team had the best defense. Obviously, they had the pass rush, as you mentioned, with Chase Young. Uh, offensively, a little bit different than what I think the Bucks were used to seeing in their division with a lot more... I guess, quick stuff, laterals, screens, um, a lot of kind of speed. I, I feel like on the inside with a guy like McKissick and McLaurin. So interesting offense. Uh, obviously, it sucks that we didn't get to see Alex Smith. But, yeah, I you got to hate to see all the folks out there wanting to see the Giants in that game. Uh, either way, like you said, the trolling is ridiculous. I don't know how people haven't learned. And I think that's a great seg segue to just – briefly briefly cover next week's games uh browns at chiefs 305 on sunday i mean the chiefs have been my pick all year i at first glance i want to say you know chiefs are gonna are gonna roll them let's uh but... i'm also gonna add in just the the spreads coming off DraftKings right now so we can we yep. can pick against that for our our gambling friends out there uh, let's do it so you got Chiefs Browns is at ten right now, so that Cleveland is plus ten. Yeah, so that's an interesting one because of just how the the Browns played last week. Although in Kansas City, I don't care if there's no fans. I think, I mean, if you looked at um, Andy Reid coming off a bye as well. Sorry, I'm ranting. I believe they haven't scored under thirty points in the last three to four years when coming off a bye they're completely rested the browns have been a great story if if the browns play come out of the gates and play like they did last week with a chip on their shoulder i'm picking the browns against the spread but i still i i really can't see it being 10 or closer so at the end of the day i'm, I'm going kansas city Okay, I am also going to take the points with Kansas City or take go against the points and take Kansas City's minus 10. Uh, like you said, bye week, coming off the bye week. I also think Cleveland possibly, you know, they got handed seven free points, but 
I, mm-hmm. it felt more like almost 14 in that first half and their defense showed me in that second half and I cited da- the Dallas game earlier on in the year when they even changed their game plan a little and to like sit back say even they got a lead in that first half their defense will get absolutely eaten up in that second half against KC uh just we've, I mean how many times have we seen it Kurt like we saw it at your at Acacia Street against Dallas yep that's where that's they the almost I... blew it. Yeah, and people, my buddies were saying, you know, we can turn this game off, blah, blah, blah. It's like Dallas was up at that point. They were up th- or down 31 points, and they brought it to within a one-possession game, which is crazy. Yeah, and then obviously last week, Big Ben ended up slinging it for, I think he, he ended up throwing the ball 60 times and ended up having a, a couple touchdowns, probably over 300 yards. So uh, we're both picking Kansas City. Since I think you – since you went with the Sunday game for some reason as the first game, we'll go down to the, the late Sunday game, Tampa I Bay. I figured it was a good segue. Tampa Bay, all. New Orleans Saints. Well, I'm just saying we skipped over the Saturdays so far. We did. We did. Uh, the, I wanna, the, you go first. Okay, the, the line here is three. Uh, New yep. Orleans is favored. Like you mentioned, the beat a team three times scenario and I would say the hotter team right now is Tampa Bay, just based on the second half of the season. Uh, but you also have to weigh in that New Orleans absolutely trounced them the last time they played them, uh, and they also beat them pretty handily the first time as well. Yep. So with all that in mind, three-point game here. I'm very interested to hear this one. My mind is telling me to go with the Saints, but I'm going to go with my heart and take the Bucks. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to take the— I'm For gonna... reasons known to be Thomas Edward Brady the third. Yeah, I— I'm sort of thinking—I'm sort of mulling over the same, the same sort of things, I guess. At the end of the day— Again, I think home field still matters very slightly um, to be in the Dome at home for the Saints. I think last week was a tune-up for them against Chicago. I think when healthy, as far as I know, same thing I said last week, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Breeze, as long as they're all out there and their defense is playing like they have for most of the year, I'm going to pick the Saints. Um and I think it's just that simple. I Tampa Bay, I don't know. I, I guess what it comes down to for me, Kurt, and you can disagree, I think the Saints have a more consistent defense. I think you know what you're getting with the Saints for Absolutely. the most part. Yep. I think Tampa Bay, you really don't know after what I saw last week against against Taylor Heineke or whatever his name is. So that's my thing. Like, they're still a, kind of an enigma to me, their defense. I, they, I don't know. That is what scares me about the pick uh, and makes me want to lean to towards New Orleans. But also, we didn't mention uh, the Taysom Hill, you know, gets thrown in the game, immediately throws in – no, fumbles, sorry, mm-hmm. on a normal passing play that Drew Brees should be in the game, which Miserable. Drew would make me so happy if the Saints lost on a decision like that from Sean Payton because we know he's been doing it for years now and we lament him every or we lambast him every yeah. single time he does it. 
Look, if if my pick is to go awry, I want it to be because Taysom Hill either fumbles, gets stripped, or throws a pick. I and I don't really think this is an unpopular opinion for a lot of folks outside of New Orleans. It is like they, it is like Sean Payton and the OC are just force feeding him onto the field in incredibly critical offensive situations. And I don't understand it. For no reason, too. Like, like they're in p- complete control of the game. Look, and they, yeah, throw a... a... How, how difficult is it to just play your, your vanilla offense base, keep the, the best quarterback... The best running back. On your roster. Yeah. The best running back and the best receiver all as offensive options. I just... It, it's never going to make sense. We're going to... We could talk about it for years. If my pick, again, is to go awry, I want it to be because of that because... Sean Payton has been on my hot seat all year because of his decision making with Taysom Hill. It's it's obnoxious. I get it. It 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 was cool at first as you know, he's a he's a football guy, he's a gadget guy, he can play all these positions. At this point, I think, like you said, it's a numbers game. Eventually it's gonna come back to bite him in a critical moment. And I just hope it isn't this week against Tampa, because that would be very unfortunate. Especially with Breeze, this is this being his last ride. How absolutely astronomically brutal would it be for Breeze to watch his season and career end because you have a a, a fourth or fifth wide receiver on your team playing quarterback, getting a direct snap. I mean, it, it's just it's it's just outlandish and ridiculous. And yep. I'll leave it at that. All right, on to the three thirty-five game or four thirty-five for you East Coasters. Uh, the yep. Rams versus the Packers spread on this one six and a half. Green Bay is favored. I'll start. I am going to take – I'll start off by saying this. I love the Rams' defense. Love it. I think if the Rams' defense hasn't been playing the way they have, they're not even in the playoffs, potentially. Yep. Uh, they've played phenomenal down the stretch. And you know what? Even yeah, I'll even go as far as to say this. If Jared Goff is remotely healthy – I think I love their offense too. But I, with all that said, me loving both sides of the football, I cannot and will not, even giving Green Bay six and a half points, pick against them at Lambeau, the way that team is playing, the way Aaron Rodgers and Devontae have been playing this year and clicking. I cannot pick against them. With that said, it's going to come down to how Green Bay's defense plays. That's another sort of similar to Tampa. You don't, I at least don't really know what I'm going to get um, as much as I do some of these other teams. So it's going to come down to the Packers defense to, to hold, I would say the Rams to 21, 24 points uh, for their offense to get the win. So that's my take. Yeah. I'm going to go Rams here. I'm taking the points. Uh, I think green Bay, their defense, I don't trust them. And I think the Rams have the ability to control the clock if they get ahead, I think that's what they're built for. And I think the coaching aspect of it, I think uh, Sean McVay vastly outweighs uh, Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I think Matt LaFleur is is one of the, the worst coaches in the league when it comes to decision-making. Situational football. Situational football, yes. Now, I'll ask you this. I'll give you two two little tidbits here. I think part of my pick for the Packers, too, that I didn't mention is the Los Angeles of California West Coast Rams going to Lambeau Field, where 
this time of year, it is historically bone chilling. Number two, I wanted to just clarify your selection. Are you picking, who would you pick to win if this was straight up? I pick Green Bay to win. I just think six okay. and a half is too much. Okay. Got I it. Think it. I think it's a field goal game, possibly. Got it. Understood. Yep. And then finally, Baltimore and Buffalo. I uh, two and a half point spread. Buffalo yeah. is favored. Give me Buffalo. This one's simple to me. I want to know why, because this one is one of the hardest for me. I think. I don't know. I'm torn. I want to hear what you got to say. I think they've been the better team all year. I think their offense is a lot better, and I think their defenses are similar. I would agree. I think their defenses are both young and fast and can make plays but the rams, have busts and coverage I mean, yes the sorry not the rams the ravens they're an interesting one for me obviously their offense is a little bit unique they're hot they've they've just find continue can, they have continued to find ways to just squeak out wins with that said i, I think i'll have to take buffalo at home prime time saturday night 8 15 mbc i think the way Josh Allen's playing, the way that run game has been, the way that defense has played, I don't think the story ends here. Ravens have been too a little bit too up and down for most of the year. I like their defense, but I think, again, like we've said all year, if they get down 10, 13, 14 points to the Bills, they're in trouble because the Bills' pass rush is gonna is gonna get going in their secondary. Well, most likely, if this is the case, eat Lamar Jackson alive. Um yeah, so I'm going with the Bills. I think the Bills coach, and I don't know his name. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott has been so underrated for the past three years now. I think this yeah, is his third three year. To, three to four. Probably, yeah, probably three to of, four years. Of building that team and building them into what they are it's right incredible now. incredible watch. And I have not seen – I've watched a, a few Buffalo games, and there's not been a single decision point that I have disagreed with. Uh, also, the force multiplier that is Stefan Diggs, he's the best wide receiver in the playoffs right now. Is that statistically accurate, or is that opinion? That's my, that's my hot take of I think he's the best wide receiver in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think I'd put up Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, probably. Um, the yeah, way Jarvis that's... Henry played last game was okay. phenomenal. Yeah, that's two bye teams I kind of forgot about there, but I'm going to stick to it. I love the way he's playing. No, I, that's, hey, totally fair. Totally is fine for you to take that. I think, I mean, it's not a bad take when he's, I believe he led the league in receiving. So I don't think that's anything to slouch about. And the connection that he's had with Josh Allen all year has been phenomenal. They just continue to find each other. I feel like from what I've seen, Diggs will go receptionless for two drives, and then all of a sudden he'll hit him for a long one and then hit him for two more, and then he'll be catching a fade in the back of the end zone. So yeah, he's a little bit streaky from what I've seen, but the connection is there. And I don't – again, I don't think we either of us can – at this point, pick against Buffalo. So it's a hell of a week for games. I think the most interesting game to me is going to be Browns-Chiefs because I've picked the Chiefs all year. I've been high on them every week on the pod. I continue to be high on them. But 
Pat Mahomes, here's a little tidbit for you, Kurt. He has had the most interceptions dropped all year long, which I think is like, it's in the teens. So that's a number for you. He hasn't been perfect with ball placement this year. And their offensive line is not great. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is banged up. And their defense isn't anything to write home about either, Kurt. So I don't know. That's that's your upset of the week. Through all the games, I I know I went Chiefs. I'm gonna stick with my pick as the Chiefs, but, but I wouldn't be completely. I, I wanna I wanna remind you, you took Chiefs minus ten. You're right. I did. Would you like to change your pick? I don't think so. No, I think the Chiefs are on a whole other level. I still think that when push comes to shove, they're gonna cover. But at the same time, freaky things have happened all year. It's been a crazy NFL season. And I, I just have the Browns in the back of my mind sort of taunting me right now. And, again, I'm not going to be – I'm rooting for the Browns, 100%, a billion percent rooting for the Browns. But I think Kansas City is just too good on all levels. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. And just to recap here, I got Chiefs minus 10, Bucks plus 3, Rams plus six and a half and Buffalo Buffalo minus two and a half where you have Chiefs minus 10 Saints minus three Green Bay minus six and a half and Buffalo minus two and a half as well taking all the favorites this week (laughs) taking all the favorites and taking all the home teams yeah so yeah that's that's what we're going with keeping it simple there's no way that doesn't work right (laughs) knock on wood we'll see it's gonna be an interesting slate that's about it for the sports side of the show this week let's get on with drew's dad joke uh it's a good one this week i will leave it at that can i guess it and i'll give you a chance to this is one where you will have a direct and clear and obvious chance to guess it nice and i'll go as far as to say i think you will guess it oh that's a lot of and pressure. i know that puts some pressure on it and kind of makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable but i had to say because i this is right up your alley i feel like this is in your wheelhouse Brought to you by Gloucester here again. New website, new logo, some new merch coming out. Go check them out. What rock group has four men that don't sing? Mount Rushmore. Yes. That right. was phenomenal. See, I told you. you yeah, that, that's an easy one. That one. Have you heard that one before? Or did you just connect the dots? No, so when you said rock group, I literally thought of a boulder. Like I, it didn't even pop so into my thing. head. You didn't even think of like music, musicians. <laughs> how uh, how insane is that? That <laughs> I thought that it's impressive, and uh, it's impressive. I'm gonna. It's a testament to me and how well I know you because I, even before this was the first time ever where I have said I think you will get it, and also the first time ever where you have got it point blank within a second or two. I think it was so, the way you said rock. Like it didn't. Did I? Did I really? Did I emphasize like rock? Did I really? I didn't say like what rock. Like what rock group? Like music? Maybe it was my tone. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to go. We'll have to let the listeners decide if you gave it away with any emphasis or not. But yeah, please. I immediately thought you. like I was thinking like limestone, granite, all the rock groups. <laughs> Bravo to you. That's impressive. What else do we got? Fraud of the week. You, you got Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, could have been it. But. Yeah, no, they are. I have them written down. They are my fraud of the week. They were 11 and 0. Uh, they hit a skid late in the year. Like you said, like you alluded to earlier, they had rested their 
starting quarterback. They had rested a couple of offensive and defensive superstars or weapons, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. week 17 in an attempt to rest some guys and hopefully play the Browns a week later, which they did. And then they got their, they got their tooth punch down their throat for lack of a better phrasing. So they're, they're my fraud of the week for now. And let's get into the quote here. Let her rip. I don't think you'll be surprised at this one really uh, based off of the conversations we've had today, but we'll see. This one comes to you from an unknown uh, person because I tried to look up who wrote it, and there's a couple. uh, It goes back and forth, basically, on who actually said it. But this one's quoted as saying, this person, when fascism comes to America, it will be wrapped in the flag and carrying a cross. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's... uh... That's an interesting. So you said that's from. I don't know know. who it's from. There's a couple of uh, names that pop up when you search it. Uh, And I think it's kind of one of those like disputed ones who said it. He said it. He said it. She said it. She said it type of things. So we'll just leave it at unknown. Let it be. and And with that, we'll wrap up season three. Maybe we'll take a couple weeks off. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Season four upcoming. We'll let you know. But as always, our guy, Pat from last year, playing us out. What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.